them, and we are having that opportunity right now with uh, a fairly well-known uh, controversial political operator over the years, and now here, home in Otago, his newfound home, and uh, newly elected as an Otago regional councillor, Michael Laws. How are you, Michael? G'day. Um, actually, I was an Otago University student. Right. So You've been here before. My, yeah, I did my honours degree um, in history at Otago, and did some law as well. Not much, but there you go. And, and I did my master's at Victoria, but I had quite a bit of time in Dunedin. Went to Arana Hall for two years. Oh, well, yeah. that explains everything. Well, uh, exactly. <laughs> animal house in those days. Um, didn't have girls. Um, and Well, that I explains was, a lot, too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, it, was, it was seriously, everybody who was, who was rejected by every other hall ended up at Arana. No hey, kids. that's still how it is. <laughs> is it? Yeah, no, I believe that. I mean, it was, it was, it was animal house. And... Um, I understand seriously it's picked up its game since then, but dear Lord, it was bad. <laughs> so you, I mean, yeah, you you sort of were steeped in that, um, you know, student culture and probably had some fairly radical views back then. Um, and uh, one of our earlier interview guests, when we said we were talking to you, uh, seemed to think that, um, you know, you had started out fairly radical and, and changed a lot. But you've always been controversial. Um, and I'd like to talk about your sort of uh, political evolution in a little bit. But first, I'd like to get to some of your most recent controversial comments. And let's start with the rodeo. Um, not a lot of people sticking up for rodeo anymore. You are. Briefly, tell us why. It's, it's really interesting. I, um, for a start, rodeo is big, huge in Otago Southland. It would probably be its strongest area. And then after that, probably King Country through the middle of the North Island East Coast. So those are two biggest areas. Northland would be the third area. Very, very rural. Um, I just looked at the science. And then I went to them myself. Before I came back to Otago Southland, I'd never been to a rodeo in my life. And probably if you'd asked me what my sensibilities were, they would have been on the other side of this debate. Uh, you know, not a lot, but on the other side. By default, it seems a little cruel. Um, that's right, yeah. And, um, and I thought, oh, well, that's sort of, you know. And then when I came down here and went to one, I thought, hmm, I might have this wrong. And then I went and studied the science, and then they got in contact with me. Um, and then one thing led to another, so that's how I ended up as their national spokesperson. And I, it was looking at the science and in particularly the analysis of the experts. And when you say the science, you're talking about science of um, the the animal welfare harms? That's right, yeah. It was the animal um, behaviorists and um, welfare folk um, and the academics and all the academic studies. And when I looked at that, I realized that the balance of the argument was actually on the other side. It's actually pro-rodeo, not anti. And that most of the criticism um, of rodeo is ill-informed, unscientific, and emotional. Now, some of your advocacy <laughs> in the past, I mean, I guess it would be fair to say is, um, you know, you're, you're kind of um, sticking up for those type of rural people uh, who may not always uh, get their opinions shared, you know, uh, the most widest in the mainstream media. I mean, is it fair to say that that part of it is also an advocacy for, you know, the rural way of life? 
I guess so. Um, in fact, Parliament made that point two years ago when it um, rejected the Safe and SPCA petition. And it pointed out that this was part of rural community lifestyle. Um, it was a big deal, both in terms of community building and in terms of um, just economic advantages to the small towns that were involved um, and was a part of that rural fabric. And I think, to be honest with you, um, there is a dichotomy in this... Well, you know that already. There's a dichotomy in this country between rural and metropolitan or rural and urban. Um, a lot of people still don't know where their meat comes from um, when they go to the supermarket. Mm. A lot of animal activists are vegans. So they follow a particular cult and way of thinking, which is certainly not rural. Um, and as a consequence, when you bring those two cultures together, it's inevitable that there's going to be a culture clash. And that's exactly what happens over Rodeo. But I mean, it's fair to say, though, that, um, you know, some some things just have to evolve, right? And some <laughs> ways of life just have to evolve. Public executions used to be a great sort of community event. We don't really do those anymore, um, and you know other environmental practices. Public executions in the same, you know. Sure, sure. I, I'm just saying that um, you know spectacles that may be considered gruesome um, nowadays uh, previously were kind of a community event, and and that's not necessarily a great argument. No, but I it might not be. But then if this was a cruel event and animals were being mistreated or abused and the science suggested that, then you'd be 100% right, but it doesn't. And I get, But I guess what maybe safer Peter or John Key would say is, um, well, you've got your scientists, I've got mine. But I guess when it comes to the rural way of life, another thing that you've been outspoken about that uh, you know, is also has to do with science, I guess, and uh, maybe there's some controversy around whose science is right and wrong. And again, defending the rural way of life, um, you recently wrote in the Otago Daily Times about your um, commitment to continue burning coal. Tell us a little about that. Well, coal's... I mean, um, uh, when did coal become evil? Um, uh, it's, again, one of these fetish fashionable things that people who don't think very deeply... Um, like to get on board of but the truth of the matter is that um, we export oh gosh 5 million tonnes of coal a year we mine it in this country it's a legal activity it is completely legal and lawful to burn coal um, as a heating device in this country and if you live in central Otago believe me and you're not very wealthy, and this is something else that all these poo bars seem to forget, um, then coal is the most effective and efficient form of heating. Isn't that really just an argument for... Isn't that just an argument for there something wrong with the rural economy then? If that uh, people in rural environments are forced to burn coal, which um, we know releases contaminants what, and adds what's to... What's wrong uh, with the rural community? Sorry? What's wrong with the rural environment? What do you... If you're going to change something that's been going on for generations after generation after generation, your responsibility is to come up with a better alternative. Have you got one? Thing coal. I, I think, with, uh, well, and, and this is central government, this is so where it um, departs from your role as a, a Otago Regional Councillor. 
is that central government has to come up with, with more sustainable ways to to heat homes and and to to let those people who who can't afford it um, have a more sustainable energy source for their heating. Now I'm interested well, also. Such as, such as. Well, I mean, seriously, I'd be fascinated to know what is this more sustainable energy source. Well, Big coal, effectively everything. I mean. No, burning plastics I mean, probably comparable with, with burning coal. I live in central Otago. Can I tell you, we get down to minus 10, minus 10, 9, 10 degree temperatures here in winter for about three to half to four months of the year. June, July, August, oh, start the end of May, we would have negative temperatures repeatedly. But coal now. Coal is the best burning, it gives out the most heat of anything. So electricity doesn't cut it. And you can't afford the electricity prices. Um, wood is the second most preferred option, and then coal is something that you put on your fire after you've got it going with wood, so it sustains that heat. So people know that in Central Otago, and that's why they do it. Do, do you so think there isn't an alternative? Do you think, Michael, that um, I mean, the you know, obviously people have to get a lot of heat because it's very cold but there there's other ways that the efficiency can be improved now that may not necessarily be the responsibility or a burden that can afford to be borne by the tenant or the homeowner but but can't some of this these issues of central otago being cold be addressed through other efficiency measures well again you've got to show that there's a problem you haven't proven there's a problem yet well, I guess his, historically in uh, Central, you know, in the orchards and stuff, they used to uh, do a lot of sort of destructive environmental practices. They burned a lot of diesel to keep the frost off. They used to use a lot of sprays they don't use anymore. Um, and, I mean, it, black clouds over Alexandra or, you know, Cromwell, that's kind of a, a fairly well-known phenomenon. And if you talk to the old-timers, something they res reminisce about, not super nostalgically, I mean... In in general, when you're you know when you're going for a tramp up on the mountains and you look down into the Manahirikia Valley, there uh, there's a big cloud of smog. I mean, the same thing happens in the Northeast Valley of Dunedin. It's not really, you know, whether or not you your scientists say that you know it's not bad for climate change or not bad for human health. It certainly stinks. So well, actually, it doesn't. But um, are you a climate change it, it skeptic, might, it Michael? Might, it might um, stink in Milton, but it depends what kind of coal you're burning. I mean, this is the problem that you have and liberal policymakers in general. Even if you were to remove coal, even if you were to ban it, take it out of the equation, you would still have the smog that you describe in winter. Why? From because wood. Because of the topographical and inversion and climatic inversion layers and the topographical features of those areas. So given that no one's riding to the rescue and saying, hi, here's a cheap, effective, efficient fuel source for you to keep warm in winter, this is all just words, really, isn't it? Sure. I'm, I, I get that. And I, I'm interested in your uh, supposition that because, you know, you're very... Um you have a lot of emphasis on that it is lawful to burn coal, uh, and then there's these sort of emissions. Uh, I don't know guidelines. Are they guidelines or targets, or they're they're not binding? Zone one. I don't know. I, I don't know what they are. They were put together um, in 2012 by the Otago Regional Council, um, and said I think they're guidelines, but I'm pr pretty sure that it's, they've never been enforced. 
Okay. And they would be and they would be impossible to enforce. The only way that you could do that <laughs> would be to have full time climate police or a uh, smoke policeman. And this is where your um, cold yes, dead hands comment comes from. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. I mean, uh, so it's just it's just not practical. Before we move on to your sort of uh, colorful uh, past and career, just to clarify, are you a climate change skeptic? No. No. I think climate change is is real. I, again, again, I'm a, I'm a strong believer in empirical, peer reviewed science. And that's why I'm where I am on Rodeo, and that's why I am where I am on coal burning in Alexandra and Cromwell and Central Otago. And that's why I, I don't dispute climate change at all. It's happening. Well, and, and dis, you know, despite these you know, two most recent issues, you have always been an outspoken guy. Uh, you've been controversial, and you must have a thick skin because uh, you've been an object of hate for various groups you know, over the years. Just tell us a little bit about your evolution from a, uh, you know, radical Animal House student to um, this, you know, uh, one of these examples of a, a Kiwi battler, love it or hate it. I've always hated bullies and bullying. So bullying is no better when it's performed by liberals and the left than when it's performed by fascists and the right. I'm right with you there. I hope you didn't feel bullied by us today. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is that's that's the reason why I take the stand I do. Mm. If I think that a group is being bullied or not listened to, um, is being marginalised or demonised, um, now some people deserve to be demonised, uh, criminal, you know, gangs. Sure, murderers, yeah. Yeah. But... But in the main, people who have a different viewpoint and see the world differently don't. They're entitled to it. I'm a strong and passionate believer in freedom of speech. And anything that seeks to truncate or mitigate that, in my view, is false and must be fought. And the greatest tyranny now that is happening, it used to be that the threat was on the right, the threat is now from the liberal left, seeking to deny that freedom of speech and freedom of thought that others have. So, when so I'll always stand for those who have a view, and that's why I'm on the opposite end of the political spectrum from Hone Harawira, for example, but I was the first person to support him when there were calls for his resignation for Parliament for saying the things that he did. I think he's perfectly entitled to do so. If we don't have freedom of speech and thought, we don't have a functioning democracy. Sure, yeah. Well, I guess, um, yeah... Uh why why resign when the voters can just vote you out if you say dumb stuff? Um, well, you know, it's been really interesting to talk to you, Michael, and um, it's, it's, it's good that you do stand up for bullies. I mean, no one deserves to be sort of mocked or denigrated, and, and I agree with you that on the left it does sort of tend to uh, descend into that a lot lately. Um, you know, there's a lot of sort of rhetoric about uh, anti-bullying, but then, uh, you know, as soon as the opportunity arises, those guys are just in uh, with the bullying as long as it's virtuous bullying, uh, which I don't believe exists. So I appreciate that that's where you're coming from, um, despite strongly disagreeing with you about rodeo, or rodeo as you call it, and uh, the coal burning. But um, thanks for talking with us, and I'm sure that it's not going to be the last time we hear you make a controversial statement. Absolute pleasure to talk to you and to have a free and frank exchange. It's Thanks for coming on. Enlightening morning. Thanks very much. Cheers. That was Otago Regional Councillor Michael Laws.
You're on Radio 1, 91 FM Politrix. We're going to play some trash.